Hi, I'm Jessica, and when I'm not drinking all the coffee, watching Razorback sports, or hanging out with my family of boys, it's my passion to help elementary music teachers just like you find your unique teaching style. My goal with this podcast is to share helpful tips, strategies, and to give you the motivation you need to gain momentum in your teaching so you can continue being the music teacher rock star you already are. Well, hey there, music teacher friend, and welcome back to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Peresta, and you're listening to episode 98. Today is all about integrating music into science, and I've already done a couple other episodes about integrating music. So episode 94 was about integrating music into reading, and episode 96 was about integrating music into math. I have a couple other episodes coming out soon about integrating with social studies and foreign language. So like I said, today is all about science, and science and music is so much fun. There are truly so many things you can do with integrating music and science. There is a blog post that goes right along with what I'm saying in this episode, and you can head to thedomesticmusician.com and click on the blog tab, click on elementary music education, and then at the search bar at the bottom, you can just type in science integration. That was a lot of steps. So if you want to make it easier on yourself, just click on the show notes and you will see the link to the blog post there as well. So Let's go ahead and get started. The first way to integrate music and science is with science and sound. So one of my favorite activities is called the cup activity. You probably already have an idea of where I'm going with this. You get a glass cup, you put different amounts of water in it, and then they make different sounds. So for example, grab any amount of cups, but I like to use between eight to 10 cups. And then you put different amounts of water in there, like one, fill up one cup, one fourth of the way full, one third of the way full, a half full, one eighth of the way full, all the way, you know, just different amounts of water in each cup. So they are looking different on each one, like looks like staircases going up kind of with water. If I'm trying to explain it as best I can, without you visually seeing what I'm talking about over a podcast. Actually, as I'm thinking about it, this is another great way to integrate with math as well, because talk about learning with fractions. If the kids see a cup is halfway full and then another one's one of the third of full, then you can definitely, this activity, you can integrate math and science. So I just wanted to throw that in there real quick before we keep going. So the next thing you do after you have different amounts of water in the cups is experiment with how each cup sounds, because science and sound is sound is something that kids will learn in science, but it's also obviously musical as well, which is great to hear. Just just mentioning the word sound and how they're going to be learning it in both subjects anyways will already help them integrate what they're learning in science and music because they're like, wait a second, we're doing sounds in science, but we're also doing sounds every single time we go into the music room as well. So what you do is you fill up, like I said, different cups with different amounts of water and then get a spoon. Okay, you're going to hit each cup with a spoon and kiddos are going to quickly realize that the cups with less water will sound lower than the cups with more water in them. This definitely turns into a music lesson because they're comparing how instruments that sound lower or higher depend on how much air is in them in their size as well. Show the kids a tuba versus a piccolo and have them guess which one do they think might make the lower sound just by visually seeing it. 
Now, of course, this isn't the case with all instruments. Now, a piano is huge, but a piano also make, can make low and high sounds. So, but you could definitely bring in an instrument they can visually see that's big versus an instrument that's smaller to visually be able to see high and low. But on top of that, just being able to visually see how much water is in each cup and which ones will sound lower and higher. They can even make estimates, which is definitely a science skill as well. It's also a math skill, but estimate what you think is going to sound like when I hit each of these cups with a spoon. Why do you think it'll sound that way? Should we take away some water? How can we make some of the cups with the water sound the same? How can we make them have repeated notes? And then the kids will say, oh, pour some water out of that one or put more water in that one to make them equal. So like I said, just a, a great way to also show them what a scale is. If you use eight cups, then you could also put, you know, uh, let's say you're going from C to C, then you can put that amount of water in each cup to make it go all the way up step by step. So science and sound is, this is a great activity for teaching about sound is just doing water in cups. The next thing is frequency in music. Frequency is definitely a part of music and science too. And that's one reason I love science because it's kids are learning when they do units about sound and frequency and anything else they're learning in science. A lot of it is musical already without the kids even realizing it. So frequency in science is used in AC alternating current, radio waves, sound waves, and electrical signals in computers. In music, frequency can be used to describe the different notes on a piano since they have different hertzes and therefore sound different. So finding the similarities between fre frequency and music, I almost couldn't say that word, I almost said frequency. <laughs> but between frequency and music and science will be fun for students to experience. So mention to your kids the next time they hear music coming out of the radio, they're experiencing frequency. Then you and the science teacher can even collaborate on this and do a whole unit or series of lessons on frequency and compare and contrast what they're learning in music versus what they're learning in science and then tie it all back together. The kids will love it because they're already probably learning about frequency and science. So when you bring it back to the music room and what they're learning in there and the different sounds that they're hearing make frequency and sound waves, they're going to love it. Okay, so the next way you can integrate science and music is to obviously, are you ready for it? Sing about science. Whoa, what? I mean, are you mind blown, guys? Okay, students love to write and perform their own songs. You may or may not have already done a composition activity with your students. It doesn't matter if you have or have not, okay? But kids love to write songs. They love to sing songs. They love to make up songs. And so while studying a unit in science, like let's just use astronomy. I have one of my own kiddos. He loves planets. He loves astronomy. So that's kind of why that came to mind. But kids can write a song about the planets, stars, or the galaxy. Or you could even use these for rhythms. Like let's say you're teaching about quarter note, half note, eighth notes, then write stars. Kiddos, what kind of note is that in music? They clap one time, it's a quarter note. Great job. What about planets? T, T. Oh, it's two eighth notes. Galaxy. T, T, ta. Or Tika, T. Or you could even make it a triplet. Galaxy, 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 galaxy. You could turn them into different rhythms by just using words that are, you know, science words. 
But another thing is they can sing about the concepts that are learned. Uh, Kids, I don't know about you, but for me personally, when I was in school as an elementary age kid, I retained what I learned so much better when I sang the song, sang about the concept I was learning is what I was trying to say. So I completely did. Something that one of my teachers would teach about whatever subject, I still remember some of those songs to this day. So if you know that kids retain what they're learning easier by singing it, then why not help them remember something about science by singing it? So remind kids that when they sing about science, they're not only learning about science lessons, but their voices are also using sound waves too. Hello, going all the way back to frequency, right? So another thing to do with planets, for example, or words from astronomy, after the kids have used them in various rhythms, they could even sing it. Okay, let's see if we can sing it with pitches. Planets, and then you echo it after you. Stars, stars galaxy galaxy and then they're they're eventually going to get that song stuck in their head so you could say okay we've talked about planets stars and galaxy can we create a whole song using these particular rhythms and these particular uh notes we just sang to make it into a whole song together then eventually ask the science teacher for other science words they're learning about astronomy and you can make up a whole song learning it And that teacher will completely appreciate you because you can say, you know what, this unit you're teaching about astronomy, for example, these kids can go back and sing this for you. And guess what's going to happen when it's time for them to take a test, for example, they're going to probably be in their little heads humming these songs that they've created to themselves, right? And so don't be afraid to like, I feel like this goes all the way back and we have a whole episode about that, about how songwriting doesn't have to be difficult. Well, with that said, if you're creating a song with kids and you're sitting there like, how do I have them come up with a topic? How do I know how many measures? How do I know what words or what rhythms to use? Just do it like this. If you're integrating music with another subject, then if it's science or even any of the subjects, for example, use any of the things the teachers are already working on and create a song with students around that. It can be a whole class song that they're creating together, and it will completely help them retain what they're learning. Another way to integrate science and music is make a thunderstorm. This is one of my all-time favorite activities. It's so simple, yet so effective. And kids that are learning about weather and science, for example, will absolutely love this. So it's so easy, you guys. Okay, kids love to play instruments, right? So what better way to experiment with sounds and silences and frequency than by creating a thunderstorm? Talk about how thunderstorms start with the little sprinkles and then they turn into rain, then the thunder and lightning and the wind or whatever else is encompassed in a thunderstorm. Tornadoes, right? So you could even throw that in there too if you want it to. After talking about, or actually there's also hail. I forgot about that part. But so after talking about how a thunderstorm starts and ends with sprinkling and then it builds up to all the other stuff that just happened that I named and then it goes all the way back to sprinkles until it eventually stops. Then pick out instruments that would work for each sound. So my favorites are shakers, drums, rhythm sticks, the rain stick, obviously. I mean, hello. And then also anything else you and the kids come up with. So how this works is for the sprinkles, for example, let's say the sprinkles start out with the triangles. You point at that section. Let's say you have three kiddos sitting together or five or however many you determine. And they're sitting there and you're, you're telling them, okay, make the sprinkle sounds and they're playing them. 
the triangle is just fastly. There's not really a rhythm. They're just making it sound like pitter-patter rain. And then eventually you're looking at the shakers and that's when the rain comes in. And then you're pointing at the drums and they are only hitting like one beat. And then just like when your hand goes down in the air, that's when they're hitting the beat. Because thunder, you know, it comes in and then it goes away. And then it comes in. And you can talk about that with the kids. Thunder digits just keep going and going and going and going and going unless they're in some kind of crazy thunderstorm. But explain how you want the thunder to sound. And then they're playing the drums. That's when it's going to come in. And then keep going. And whatever else you and your class have determined for the thunderstorm to have, whether it is hail and tornadoes as well, explain that. What instruments are you going to use for that? Are you going to also add any movement to represent the thunderstorm? Are you going to sing anything about the thunderstorm? Or are you going to just simply create a thunderstorm with instruments? And then the last thing I want to mention is go on a nature walk on one of those completely nice days then definitely take the kids outside. This does not have to be a long activity. It can even be just 10 to 15 minutes. Take the kids in front of the school and just walk around. And especially this works really effectively with your younger kiddos. Then walk around and discuss what they're hearing. A lot of times you're just going to have kids throw out like they hear car horns and things like that, which of course is probably most of the noise. And it also, of course, determines on where your school is at. <laughs> if it's in a noisy part of town, this will be a lot harder to do than a school that's kind of like a little bit further behind a main road. But either way, and even if the kids are at home, encourage them to do this at their own homes. Go on a nature walk and not just walking, but listen around you to hear what you, you know, what you identify and what you hear. Sound is a part of music and science. Obviously, we just talked about that. So just like our voices while singing that make music while we're singing, everything in nature makes high and low pitches as well. So encourage kiddos while they're outside, they're going to hear cars and trucks. But also, what animals do they hear? I know in my own backyard, there's tons of birds. And it's really cool. My sons and I love to sit out there because every bird out there, they all make different sounds. They all sing in different ways, even the birds. And what's cool is I always can hear these couple birds, like one will t uh, make a tweeting pattern and then another one across the yard will kind of, it sounds like it's responding and they'll keep going back and forth like that. And it's really neat that they each have their own individual pitches and rhythms and melodies that they're making. And so ask your, you know, your students, do you hear any birds and do you hear any different ones making different patterns and what do the different birds sound like even at our school? Have them identify that. Have them identify if they hear any other animals making sounds or insects chirping or other kids playing or construction workers and whatever else is outside that they hear without realizing the kids are getting outside time, which is awesome for everyone, right? Just a change of scenery, but they're also experiencing sounds that are all around them and identifying the different noises they hear. They may have just never done that before or realized that just by being outside in nature, they're, nature all around us is making music already without, and maybe kids just never really thought about it that way. So I hope that this is helpful to you. And if you're already integrating music and science with your kids, 
then awesome. I love it. And you may or may not already have ideas of things you're doing with your kids. So I would love for you to tag me on Instagram at Jessica Peresta and let me know how are you integrating music with your students when it comes to science or even reading and math, which we, which we have already discussed before. And let me know. And I'd love to share it with everyone on my Instagram as well so they can see what you have posted. So with that said, you guys have an amazing rest of your week. And I will see you next week with another episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening in to the Elementary Music Teacher Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And while you're there, I would love for you to review the show and leave a rating on iTunes. To find out more about how I can help you gain momentum in your elementary music teaching career, head to thedomesticmusician.com where you'll find free downloads, courses, the blog, and so much more. Continue teaching music and never doubt the impact you're making each and every day in the lives of your students.